How's it going, everyone? Welcome into the Sports Appeal Podcast. I'm your host, AJ Teal. As always, to my right, my co-host and my dad, Noel Teal. Buddy, what's going on? Oh, you know, nothing much. You know, good good Friday here. Uh, heading this weekend back to four NBA playoff games um, on the weekend. So definitely going to be ki- continue to cover the NBA uh, and the NBA playoffs because we had, we've had some good weeks or some, some good games this week. Uh, so games. definitely and some blowouts. Yeah, you know, yeah, we had the, the game two turnaround blowouts, which we see, you know, some common. But, you know, we had some some teams tie up the series, you know, shout out to the Bulls there. And, and we'll we'll continue to cover uh, the NBA playoffs. But a bigger focus today is the is the NFL draft uh, in one week, one week to the NFL draft. It came up, you know, so quick. So we're going to go out, go ahead, give you our final sports appeal mock draft. This is coming from us. We're not, you know, we're not looking at the, the ESPN, you know. Guys, there we're 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 looking at the sports appeal. AJ and Noel, you know, we're going to go at it, give you our full uh, NFL mock draft for the first round. Uh, and this of the one, draft. you want to listen more to me than you, you know, because I've had a lot more, you know, good calls in the yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> in the NFL. Look, you're the NBA guy. I'm the NFL guy. I'm 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 taking my picks. You know, hey, but before we jump in, everything, you know, just for the fans at home, you know, two really important things this week. One, well, three really important things this week. One, I'm going to see Journey tonight. So my favorite wow. band in the history of my life, and I've never seen them live, so I'm really excited. Is that true? You've never, you've never seen them in concert? Never seen Journey live. Yeah, That's crazy. Number right. two, big your day. sister's your sister turned 16 this weekend, so that's a big deal. Big, big news. And, and number three is, you know, I got to witness two of your flag football UCF yeah, uh, intramural, intramural football games this week. Yeah, and you know, sh- shout out to impressed. the uh, shout out to the Vamps. You know, my my yep. team. Uh, we uh, we we started the season, you know, a little on the uh, the downside. Well, couldn't couldn't get some wins, but when it mattered most, you know, we got into the playoffs, won some games, went on a run, made it to the the final four, the semifinals, and uh, we, and we gave played them a good. good fight. Yeah, gave gave a way better team a good fight, and uh, it, it was fun. You know, playing for, for playing all football for all game. that weren't there. There was one guy on their team who I, I've never seen speed like this. In yeah, it was, I mean, imagine playing Tyreek Kill, basically. It really was. And that's not an exaggeration. There, this, guy, this guy hit his foot in the dirt, cut the other way, and was so gone that I, I'll never forget. It was the best thing ever. Your roommate, Dylan, right, tried to, to, to run after him and, and couldn't get him. Comes to the sideline, falls straight on the ground. He looks at me, goes, was I close? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Not you really. weren't close at all. <laughs> yeah, not at all. Uh, but that was fun there. So, uh, yeah, th- it was it was definitely fun, you know, playing football again. But we got to get back into covering football and covering the NFL draft. So let's get in. We have a lot of stuff to talk about today. Let's run it. Let's start with two pretty big news uh, segments today in, in the world of sports. How about Jay Wright, the head coach or now former head coach of the Villanova Wildcats, uh, is is contemplating and is likely headed towards retirement. So oh, he he announced it. He's no, yeah, yeah. It's it's pretty I mean, they, much they, they, they set already have in a stone bat, now. They already have a coach. They already right. took the Fordham coach. So I guess you know, now, uh, yeah, I, 
yeah, I guess now we can really say Jay Wright is retiring, uh, is, is, you know, going to go down as one of the best coaches of all time in, in college oh, yeah. basketball. I mean, had, had a major success, won two, what was it, two and three years uh, at Villanova? Two, two, yep, 2016, 2018. He's yeah. been to four Final Fours. He's been coaching for 20 years. He put Villanova back on the map after Roly Massimino, you know, had his success in the 80s. Yep. You know, I mean, he's been in coaching for 35 years. He's 60 years old, and he's he's ready for to, to chill. Now, the question is, is he ready to chill, or is he going to be the coach of the Lakers next year? Now, uh, that I have seen that I I would say no. I would say um, no I would say no. I first of all for for him to leave such a you know organization where he is you know he's he was the king there. To go to a, to go to the Lakers and any coach that goes there is not even going to be the coach. You know, you're not really the coach when LeBron's there. Like, you're just so overshadowed, and he's 60 now. I, I don't think that would that that would happen, but it'd be interesting to see. I mean, there's not too many college basketball coaches that have had success in the pros. I mean, yeah. you know, Donovan is having a little success with Chicago right now, but there haven't been a lot. So I, I don't think so. I think he's going to go and retire and yeah. you know, be a special let, assistant let, to Villanova. Go out. You know, more people need to. Need to to go out on top. Go out on top, man. Just don't 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 wait. Don't ruin your career by going to the league and you know going to that crapshoot that's the Lakers right now. Just go out, man. Go out on top. Hall of Fame and you know, coach. Just just you know, appreciate his good career. Why can't he just now just get a, a foursome with Coach K, Roy Williams? You know, just get the the old coaching you know uh, crusade of all the retired guys right. who retired the last two years and go, and go play golf every day. Yeah, exactly. That's the dream, isn't it? Isn't that isn't that's that the dream? dream? It's my dream. Right. That's what I'm saying. So that's uh, that was the big news in college basketball. How about uh, in the NFL, the news that pretty much shocked everyone because of how real it got was it got real, real quick was Debo Samuel uh, requesting a trade from the 49ers. Uh, it was it was just kind of, you know, the, the whole offseason with 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 how it's been with top players getting traded. Uh, to you know, teams with more cap space that are willing to pay these wide receivers what they you know are demanding these days. And you know, we saw Devontae Adams, uh, Tyree Kill get those huge contracts, uh, and we're seeing you know Debo Samuel alongside the rumors of you know the the AJ Browns of the world and mm-hmm. and you know DK Metcalf, who you know we we haven't known how serious these trade rumors are and if teams are shopping them and are you know aren't wanting to pay these wide receivers the 30 plus million that a lot of them are trying to demand to become, you know, to keep one upping every wide receiver that becomes the newest highest paid wide receiver in the league. So Debo Samuel is the top candidate to get, you know, a new contract because of the incredible season that he had. And, you know, but I'm just going to start. We got to stop it right there. Yeah. Should he be the highest paid quarterback uh, or wide receiver? No, he shouldn't. And, and, and he wants to be the problem he is, wants is to be. the problem that's is what, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Look, we go through this every position. We've gone through this nope. for for a decade now. The the correlation between highest paid and best player is just it's just never in okay. what in what sport has it ever been true that the highest Fine. paid player is the best. It just doesn't happen. It, it's about timing. It's about uh, the cap space in you know this day of age. It, it has to do with with, you know, recency bias in a way, you know, of, of what Debo Samuel in the year he just had in okay, that he single-handedly carried an offense that wasn't didn't have a particularly good quarterback, didn't have a partic- particularly good, you know, other weapon besides him. 
You know, it's Elijah it, Mitchell, George Kittle. It wasn't like he was the only guy. Right. But you had Kittle who was out for a while and Debo really, you know, was and in, in the playoffs, did Kittle really, you know, have that great of a postseason? He no, didn't. But Debo, has Debo Samuel, Samuel was, done it for five years? No. No, he hasn't. Like, and that's what I'm saying. The the timing of it, you know, recency of what what year did he did he just have? You know, it was an incredible season. So when you're looking at this and you're and you know, you have to look at a couple things. And it's it's I think Debo Samuel, the the out the outright requesting a trade, you know, this was something that we, that the 49ers, you know, the rumor out there was the 49ers weren't sure if this is their motto to pay a guy, you know, upwards of $25 million at the wide receiver position. You know, even if he's this good, we didn't, you know, that that's not usually the 49ers and how they roll. So, you know, they weren't exactly out there looking to trade him, but they were receiving calls. And we knew that this guy, that this was a possible scenario heading into the draft. Now it comes out with Schefter saying, that he has requested a trade straight to the front office. This is something that's been going on for not only, you know, I think a couple days, but weeks, you know, into this, you know, kind of offseason now heading into the draft. And he has expressed that he wants out. Now, what for every reason, you know, the, we saw the reports that he doesn't want to be a wide receiver running back combo. He doesn't want the, the workload. And, you know, he wants an elongated is- career and all that, which, I mean, I'm looking at this and going... That's uh, the whole reason you that's, be paid top I don't, dollars. Right, I don't. I don't. As as a believe. wide receiver, you were average. Like right. if you so just take his wide receiver numbers, he's average. Yeah. So I I don't exactly know the. We, I, I don't. I, there's got to be more to the story on on exactly no, what this is. Maybe here's it's the story, the, AJ. It's very simple. They made him an offer. He felt right. like a slap disrespect, in the face, right? Disrespect, and now he wants out because he's gonna cry. I'm gonna take my yeah. ball and go play somewhere else. Right. But and here's the problem I have. Here's yeah. the problem, and then you can tell me how you feel. Okay. <laughs> My problem with it is a guy like Devontae Adams for the last five years has been one of the most dominant players in football. Mm-hmm. He's unguardable. He's You can't guard him one-on-one. He leads the league, or he's in top three in, in receptions, touchdowns, reception yards every year. You pay that man the money he deserves. Yep. Debo Samuel has had one and a half good years <laughs> in his whole career. Right. right. This little flash in the pan thing of him being uh, a guy you could also run with. And, you know, so he was getting success running the ball and, you know, uh, catching the ball. He was seventh in the league in first downs this year. OK, great. Good year. Right. This doesn't mean I need to back up the Brinks truck for you. <laughs> yeah. And, and here's I think this is how we fix it. So Debo Samuel was drafted in 2019. He's about to go into his third uh, year in the league. Uh, Fourth. Th- this is his fourth? It'll be this is going into his fourth. Right, right. We're going into just finishes third. We're going into his fourth and his final year in his rookie contract. This is this is how I think we 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 you know solve this issue is we need to, you know, I think it's it's a it's a kind of the the players association and the NFL have been over recent time giving up more of the guaranteed money to secure money for players and their and, and with injuries and all that and working on adding more guaranteed money into contracts. And we're starting to see fully guaranteed tr- contracts for players like, you know, Deshaun Watson and, and other players that are signing, you know, recent extensions. So I think that what the players need to give back, I think this, the whole, you know, two, maybe three years, you know, early before the rookie contract ends, this whole, the whole discussion about, you know, extensions and the new extension, I think that needs, there needs to be some type of rule and sub some type of, you know, changing the rules on on when it is appropriate to start, you know, kind of yeah. 
negotiating these these extensions and these contracts because I understand it's his last year of his deal now, but honestly, it should kind of be that you know th- this should be a next year problem. You know, he's still on his rookie year for the for this year. You know, next year replicate what you did. I agree with you. Replicate a similar dominant season. And then you'll get paid 25, then let, 27 Then let's million. talk about, you know, the, the rationality behind extending you and then giving you this top dollar. But, right. you know, I, I think we need to, you know, especially with first-round picks. I understand he was a second-round pick, Debo. But first-round mm-hmm. picks, especially with the fifth-year option, like five years and then we'll talk a deal. And I understand right. that the players, they, they want their 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 safety and, and the, you know, financial safety. And I, I agree with that. But they're, they have gotten, you know, the players have gotten more guaranteed money. You know, the, the cap rises. Every, you know, every year the, the the minimum contracts are becoming more. The players are getting their their fair share. I think that we need to make some type of rule where the negotiations in terms of contract extensions after your rookie deal needs to wait until the offseason that you become a free agent because this is well, this is what we're, we're seeing too much recency bias and we're and we're seeing uh-huh. we're we're seeing players that are good and I think Debo Samuel's a good wide receiver, but are we gonna sit up here and say Debo Samuel's a top five wide receiver, a top no 10 wide receiver? I don't think so. And Maybe when we talk and we when we talk about that, we need to say that if he got paid upwards of 28 million dollars today, it'd be a complete overpay and he'd now be overpaid. So here, I'm going to one more point and then we can move on, right? And that is I understand the average player trying to maximize his worth because he probably has a 4-year lifespan. Right? right? But these superstar athletes that are get paid in the first round, second round, they're walking away with twenty, thirty, fifty million dollars plus endorsement deals and the whole nine yards. I mean, look, I never want to see anybody cut short and I want to see everybody maximize in a capitalist society. But at the end of the day, like it's not like Debo Samuel didn't get paid. Right. So go out there and fulfill your contract. And if you do have that second really good year, you will get paid an extraordinary amount of money that will be generational changing. Yeah, no, I, I agree. It's just it's a tough situation because I, I'm afraid we're going to start seeing, you know, we're, we're just going to start seeing a lot more of this. And, and and I don't I don't exactly know what the outcome is going to be, whether it's, you know, we see a lot more players sitting out and, you know, we start seeing a lot of stars miss games in the season because of, you know, the stubbornness of not being paid. And and the GMs we've seen aren't going to, you know, give in. Uh, so. I'm worried we might see that. I'm worried maybe, you know, we might see, you know, an increase of of trades like the NBA has become where if a small market team, you know, gets gets a star, you know, like we've seen. And, you know, you know, we talk about it all the time in in recent years. And, you know, we're talking about it right now with Zion and then the Pelicans that they're on that star is on that team for four years and they're gone after that. They're not resigning. They're traded after that. I am afraid in the NFL we're going to start seeing this where. They draft these gems like Debo Samuel in the second round three years ago. Is a, this is a this is a steal in the draft to get you know a player like this, and he's going to be on the 49ers for four years and you know or, or maybe only three now, and he's going to be gone, and and it's just gonna it's gonna keep you know happening to all these young stars that are you know want to be the highest paid at their position and are demanding these you know incredible yeah, but- contracts. Yeah, but with the salary cap, it's an even field. You know, I mean, they all have the same money to spend. So if you don't feel that he's worth it, somebody else might. Somebody else might have not as much talent on the team. So, yeah, I get I get your point, though. But, I mean, at the end of the day, it's not like the Yankees paying the luxury tax. No, it's not. Star, you know, no, the I, Royals don't spend any money. Yeah, I understand that. But, you know, 
the the players don't seem to understand how valued the rookie contract is towards a team. And I think okay. that needs they to be yeah. right. And and I understand. Look, if I'm a if I'm a Debo Samuel right now, I'm trying to get every dollar I can. I'm not faulting no, him for it. No, I'm not faulting him for it. But there is also I I want, you know, you know, football is a team sport, man, and and the team the team building and and you know, I, I just wish more players nowadays would care about the winning and the 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 championship more as I feel like that's an older generation thing. And we're starting to see that maybe be become secondary to money and and you know financial success. Just which, be realistic is all we're asking. It's, yeah, I, just yeah, I, I agree. Uh, but right. but that's definitely someone we're going to be monitor, monitoring uh, with the draft a week away, um, and we'll you know we will definitely keep talking about that. But you know where where he's going and and trade rumors and I mean that's it's too out there. There's not even anything remotely close or anything like that. So I'm not even going to okay. speculate on that. Um, we can now segue. We can we can kind of talk about the uh, uh, the playoffs right now. Game twos and threes have passed since you know uh, earlier in the week in, the, in that episode. Um, we can bypass you know, three of them right now because they're over. Right, so I, Miami, I, yeah, Atlanta, Philly, Toronto, and Golden State, Denver series are done. Yeah, it's it's over. I mean, that's first of all, what a shot by Embiid in Game Three yeah, to that steal that one from Toronto. Toronto played very well. Um, they they definitely had a chance there. Uh, to take one at home, shot. to make it interesting. And Embiid, look, Jokic, I, I've said this for, what, three years now? Jokic is incredible. He's the MVP this year. He's the back-back MVP. The best center in the NBA is Joel Embiid because I don't understand what other center, maybe in NBA history, is hitting that shot. I I don't, I, I really cannot name one because no. what, what this guy does as a, as a seven-footer, as a center, you know, it, it's it's incredible. He's so good. He's so talented, and they're uh, they're they're easing past. But a great shot to win in in game three there, um, Boston. They're, they're gonna have their hands full of Miami though. They are no, they will. They and that'll be a great series. Uh, but we'll you know obviously talk about that next week when we get into that one. Um, then Boston two lead oh, in the series. You know, the came the Nets were up big early. Um, 17 they were yeah. 17 all right first of all i have to rant okay because they're my team to win it all right yep. so i have to rant here right they were up nine in the first game and fell apart they were up 17 in this game and in the second half the combination of kyrie irving and kevin durant went one for 17 mm-hmm. one for 17 shooting peyton pritchard outscored kyrie irving and Kevin Durant combined in the second half alone. Yeah, Kevin Durant is is gonna need to uh, find his game because that that dude has played two very poor yes. NBA playoff games, and th- th- this is concerning. They're now down two two nothing. You know, they should have probably won both. won both games. You know, they had opportunities to win both games and they're now down to nothing. And we, you know, we're headed back, back to uh, Brooklyn and, and the series is not over by any means, but the Celtics just seem to right now. They're, they're the better team. There's no doubt. I mean, the way that they're playing as a team, you know, they are getting everyone involved. Brown and Tatum, 22 and 22 they were awesome. I mean, incredible, but 22 and 19 only they needed help from their, you know, the other guys. When you have Horford and 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 Theus uh, give you you know 
16 and 15, which aren't your number, you know, are not your number one or number two options and, and really played like it. And Grant Williams give you 17 off the bench where Grant Williams, there has been points this season where Celtic fans have been calling for this man to be cut from the team. And he puts out 17 on 100% shooting from the field. Um, they're playing just really good as a team right now. And and Marcus, don't forget about Marcus Smart. He's well, no, he unbelievable. Can't. First of all, I mean, literally, the smothering defense, they are they're incredible. They're on... I mean, Kevin Durant doesn't have a second to breathe, but mm-hmm. he has to learn to move the ball. Like, yeah. if you are double teamed or triple teamed, somebody else is open. Yeah, move he's, the ball. He is, he's definitely playing a little hero ball um, yes. right now, and it's not working. They're going to make adjustments. Uh, they'll get one Time for back. Ben Simmons to get off the bench yeah. and, and, and come back to the team. Like, well, that's the thing. Ben Simmons, you know, looking to return for game four. Um, he better look, be there for game three. I don't think he'll play game three, but he is targeting game four uh, for a return. But are we going to sit up here and say that Ben Simmons inserted to any of these games makes that big of a difference? Yes, After- because you know why? Kevin Durant is expending so much energy guarding Brown or Tatum that if you could just get him off there, he'd probably have a little more energy in the third and fourth quarter to run around and get open for an open shot. Right? Yeah, he and is, that's that's he fine. Is to, really hard, and they need a shutdown defender on at least one of the two backcourt players right now. Yeah, and and that's fine to think about. But Ben Simmons hasn't played in a year. Um, he, he, what, are we? I'm just kind of. I'm a, I'm also curious in a way to see what he comes out and and his role is because he's not going to be scoring. They don't need him to do that. No. Is he going to be? You know the lockdown defender that he has been in his career, uh, you know, is he going to be that first game back in a year and he's going to be asked to guard, you know, what, what, what are you asking Tatum or Brown? Is, is he going to be worse than Seth Curry on defense? Is I don't know. I just, than, I, I, come on. I'm, he's no, going to give you something. I, I'm just, I'm just putting the question out. What do we, what do we expected from him? I, I'm not, I'm I, not saying that what, anything's 20, a given, but I expect 25 minutes of locking down somebody on defense giving them some options of, of better ball movement, t- attacking the rim and, and kicking it out to three-point shooters, you know, Bruce Brown or, uh, you know, somebody on the outside, uh, Seth Curry. Like, yeah. it just needs – they need to have more ball movement. They need to have more player movement, and they need some help on defense because Kevin Durant and Kyrie looked spent in the yeah. second half. No, they did. And, and KD shooting 0 for 10 – Turning the ball over again a couple times and six in, times again. Right, he he's looked he's looked bad. He has not looked he's he's just not looked good at all. And no. and they're they're in major trouble right now. They got to bounce. They're not back in trouble in until three. they lose a home game. Yeah, they got to bounce back in in game three. Um, I, I think I think they should. Um, they they've been in both games. I think is a big part. I think they, they you know they've been in both games. Had opportunity to win both. KD has to be better. That's that's what yeah. I think. Uh, how about the, the two series that are really interesting now after some two big game twos and two big injuries to them? We'll start with Milwaukee and Chicago. Uh, Chicago comes back right after you pose the question, would Chicago get a win in this series? I told you they would, and it just happened to be that night. You know, it just happened to be, uh, uh, you know, that night that they come back. I said to Rosen, you know, if there's any man that keeps his word that he won't be as abysmal as he was the first game, I think I trust DeMar DeRozan uh, the most. And he comes back with a 41-point performance. There was a stretch of time in Game 2 where he he didn't pass the ball a single time going down the floor. He made about 10 shots in a row, all from the mid-range. I mean, he was just 
he was on one. Vooch came in clutch. Levine hit some good, you know, some big threes. Um, and and the, the this was a perfect definition of the big three showed out and really maximized, you know, what the three of them are, you know, are, are can do and why, you know, we were considering this Bulls team a contender in the East, you know, a couple months ago before they, they started falling off. But it's a big win by, by the Bulls. I mean, Giannis was, you know, continued to play strong again. But, you know, Middleton goes down in that game, suffers an MCL sprain. He's done for probably the series with, right. a, you know, MCL sprain. That's huge. It is huge. It's humongous. It's, I mean, this 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 completely big. becomes an even series right now. Yeah. This puts a lot more pressure on Holiday. It's going to put a lot more pressure on, uh, yep. on uh, what's his name, uh, Connington. Like, yep. you're going to need to get scoring from somewhere else because you're taking away a 20-point scorer. You right. Know, so that, that's unbelievable. And then, you know, DeRozan shooting 31 times. Like this guy just wanted to shoot all night long. Yeah. And look, if you're making fifty percent of them, go on, you know, go on with yourself, you know. But uh, I was shocked. I mean, I, I actually turned it off at half and had to go to bed. And I woke up, and you know, at that point, the Bills, the Bulls were up, you know, like, you know, pretty good. And I was like, geez, I can't believe this. But I, I figured that there'd be a, a Bucks run in the second half. And then I woke up and the Bulls held on. And I'm like, oh my god. I'm like, I, I guess this series is for real. Yeah, it's it's definitely for real, and it's more for real now than it was, you know, before with the Middleton injury. You know, this is they they just got you know the the Bucks just lost their second best player, uh, and and Giannis is gonna you know Gian, Gian, it's only gonna get tougher for Giannis. You know, yeah. he the, you know that there he he played game one and he you know he was he's obviously unstoppable, but game one nothing was working defensively, but game two. You know, I say this, and he has, you know, basically a triple-double with 33 points and 18 rebounds. But there were a couple, you know, points, especially late in, you know, the fourth quarter, where he would go down, they'd fully double-team, and they were literally saying, anybody but else is, you know, we're going to let beat us except Giannis. And they forced the ball out of their hands. Did I not tell you that should be the game plan to beat them? Yeah, and it's, you know, and it worked that game. Now, will it work every game? No, it won't. You know, you know, Brooke Lopez played good and he can consistently hit the three-point shot which I have no idea how he does it and he's one of the most annoying players to play against I could definitely tell you know he just pisses you off Dave the way Mon. he plays um Dave and, and Drew Holiday's gonna find his shot so th- there are gonna be some games where they say someone else beat us and they someone else is gonna well, beat them sure. but you know it's the only way they're gonna have a chance in this series so it pays off in game two let's see if they can win another one at you know at home but I'm in more the, concerned. I'm more concerned with the Pelicans' son's injury. Yeah, that's the other injury, which is a, definitely a bigger injury because because that's the best player on the Suns team. That would be Devin Booker. Goes down with a hamstring strain. He's done for games three and four. That's both games in New Orleans. The Pelicans get a huge win in game two, one that I never saw coming. Uh, it, it was Brandon it was a, Ingram showing up. Look, Brandon Ingram heard the disrespect, you know, heard heard that he was kind of a hermit in game 1, came out 37 points. He was he was unreal. 37 points, 11 rebounds and 9 assists. He was one assist away from a triple double. Right. Absolutely unreal. Uh the way they shot the 3, you know, 56%, that's going to be tough to beat uh any team any given night. Uh you know, McCollum also was was just was just really clutch, you know, in terms of of the threes that he was hitting was definitely good. And man, Larry Nance who I'm gonna be honest. Before this series started, didn't know that dude was on the Pelicans. You know, I, that dude's been on a lot of teams in the last couple of years. I feel like didn't know he was on the Pelicans. Uh, 
he he was surprisingly good. I did not, you know, when, when we think of Larry Nance, we remember he was in the dunk contest and he averaged like six points on the Lakers. That's how I remember remember him. And he was traded. Wasn't he traded for uh, from Cleveland? Right. He was traded to Cleveland for for whatever you know it was. And and he he just he's been an average player. You know, he's athletic. We we know that his dad was good. But the the last two games, thir- fourteen and thirteen off the bench. Hitting a three in both games, I've never seen that from Larry Nance. So if you're getting that from Larry Nance off the bench with, you know, Trey Murphy, who's all of a sudden, you know, a good three-point shooter, knocks down a couple of game. This team, you know, with no Devin Booker, it's this becomes insanely scary for the Suns. New Orleans won by 12 in Phoenix, and Booker put 31 points up. Yeah. Like, now you take that thirty-one points out. I'll put thirty up in the in the first half. Did only at one point in the in the right. second half. Like who is going to step up and get that kind of production? I mean, you can't ask Chris Paul to give you thirty-five points a night. So no. it's going to have to be a combined effort. Yeah, this is, is going to have to step up. Aiton's going to have to step up. This is this is going to be an, the cams. Th- this is going to be you know an Aiton kind of. I got to carry the load. Aiton's got to step up. We know he's capable of putting up a 30-point game. He's done it a lot of times in the past. He's able to be just a dominant force down low. You know, Valanchunas is in there, but he bullied Valanchunas in one game, so I don't want to hear that, you know, he can't take no. him on. Look, the Pelicans, uh, Pelicans, the Suns should still win this series, but it could go six, seven games easily. Look, I'm, I'm not so sure. This is Booker being out for sure game three and four and might not be able to return in the series. I still think they could win without him. They can't win the next series without him. Look, I will say this right now. I don't know that they can win this without him. I think they can. I'd like to think think they they can. can. I hope they do, or else we're in jeopardy of losing both my finals picks in the first round with them and the Bucks. And then we're going to skip right to hockey. I'm, this is worrisome. This is very worrisome. I, I based on I what we're what we're reading now, I'll just say it. I, I don't know exactly. You know the timeline. He's not going to return this series. So they will have to win this without Booker. I think that's going to be incredibly hard the way that the Pelicans are playing with Ingram and McCollum and with freaking Larry Nance coming off the bench. This is this is going to be tough for the Suns. We'll see. Huge. We'll see. All right. Uh, let's, uh, you know, we, and we got some, you know, we got game threes tonight, Thursday night when we're recording this, you know, Friday into the weekend. We'll come back, uh, you know, next week and, and continue. And we'll probably have some freaking – well, we'll probably have some series that are over, you know, wink, yeah. wink, the 76ers, you know, uh, and, and the Heat probably there. So All right, uh, let's get into the NFL. we'll keep talking about the NBA as we go along um, the next couple of weeks. But let's get into the Got my GM final, the final mock draft, you like that? the final like that? sports appeal like that. mock draft. And, you know, we were we were, you know, going over what Mel Kuyper's mock drafts and you know, the CBS sports guys that get a little crazy yeah, there. Yeah, McShay and all that. Right, right. But, you know, what we're doing here, we're, you know, we're doing us. We're, 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 doing, us. we're doing the sports appeal mock draft. Um, right. I believe we did this last year uh, where we went one through 32. We'll do half the picks, you know, till till 16 today. We'll come back with the second 16 tomorrow or, or next episode. I mean, uh, and, and, and we'll kind of go through. Uh, if we were the GM, you know, going through, you know, uh, and and we'll go th- one through sixteen today, uh, and give you our mock draft for the for the NFL draft that starts and, uh, next and Thursday. Again, let's caveat this: this is not who we think they're going to pick. This oh, no. is who we would pick. Yeah, this is pick. this is so we're not, the GM. You know, right. this is this is this is our brains and our you know our kind of rankings of everyone and who we're picking. 
Yes. This is not my prediction of who these teams will pick. This is, again, who I would pick yeah. in that spot. I agree. And that's what we're following. Let's go. Uh, so let's, let's get go. through it. Let's go. Let's start with Jacksonville. Round one, pick one. Uh, this is a this is a no-brainer. This is, you know, whether you're saying they should, whether you think they should, uh, you know, it, it doesn't really matter. It's, it's Hutchinson all the way. He's the best player in this draft. Um, I have been convinced... You know, I've, I've been watching him versus Thibodeau, you know, definitely over. I still think Thibodeau is a great player. Um, I still think he goes, you know, wing, you know, kind of spoiler alert. I still still think that uh, I would take him number two, you know, if I'm the Lions there. I still think he's the second best prospect. And I, I, I keep saying this, Hutchinson, I'll go with he's better because of, you know, some some of the arguments I've been listening to people and, and you yourself, you know, convinced me a little. I am telling you Thibodeau is he is just not that far off. That is my yeah. thing. Yeah, I don't think he's that far off. 100% agree with you. I think Aiden Hutchinson is the absolute pick for Jacksonville. This is a, he's the next Nick Bosa, Joey Bosa, yeah. TJ Watt, whatever you want to call him. He's the next evolution of the same player. And Jacksonville needs it desperately. They're, the t- they're in the top two of the worst rankings of rushing the quarterback and pressuring the quarterback and sacking the quarterback. If they don't pick... Aiden Hutchinson in this spot. Now they may go with they may go with Trayvon Walker as as their number one pick, but I'm telling you this should be Aiden Hutchinson. Yeah, I mean it's it's it, it it will be it should be I think that's how it's going to go down. But yep. at number two, you know if I'm the Lions, I'm sitting here. I have need at you know a lot of places right now. I just yeah, I just right. have a lot of need. Um, look, Goff's my quarterback right now. Is there a quarterback I'm taking at number two? Am I, no. you know, am I even looking at Willis? My my thing is no. no. Um, not I, I'm not. I'm not, not even. En- not I'm just not entertaining that. I think it's too risky of a pick. It's just not. You know, we, we can do a lot more with number two. And I'm looking AJ, at Hamilton. When you pick number two and you pick a quarterback. Okay, yeah. you you're take the you take the for sure guy. One. Yeah. You're taking the day one starter. None of these guys are day one starters. No, and they're not. And that's, you know, I'm not I'm not entertaining that. So I'm looking at Thibodeau, Kayvon Thibodeau out of Oregon, the defensive end. Um, I'm looking at that. I'm saying we couldn't get Hutchinson. You know, we weren't, you know, we weren't lucky enough to get that number one pick. But we're looking at a guy that's just not that far off talent-wise. You know, is, is a great pass rusher. Um, definitely has some, you know, uh, th- there's been questions about his integrity. And, you know, maybe if he's really focused and all that. And does he, you know, the lions basically set out uh, the other day, I think it was their head coach uh, that there was a rumor that he said he didn't fit, you know, on his pro day or whenever he visited the lions uh, didn't quite fit in with their uh, culture of their team. So whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the, that may be a question mark, but the skill on the field um, I don't think is that far from Hutchinson. I think they're both going to end up being, you know, great defensive ends in the league. Yeah, totally agree. Um, I'm going to flip-flop a little. I think I would go with, with Walker from Georgia over Thibodeau. Wow. I, I just I, – I like his size. I like his speed. I like his motor. You know, this is a guy who literally played, like, every snap. I mean, this is – this guy doesn't come off the field, yeah. right? And I just – you know, at 6'5", 280, you know, this guy is going to be a beast, and, you know, I mean, this guy was in the backfield all the time for Georgia. So I'm going to go with Trayvon Walker uh, in the number two spot. All right. So you're going Walker. You know, he's he has been one that, you know, has has been moving up definitely in the, you know, in the last couple uh, 
uh, weeks. And, you know, he's been there. We talked about it. I think last time we, we last week when we talked about the draft, he he's been like, you know, moving up to number one in some mock drafts, which I don't think that'll happen. But it is kind of crazy to think that there has actually been people out there that think that the Jaguars could possibly go Trayvon Walker. And it, it shows you that he's a talented dude. He's definitely, you know, you know, up there in, in a candidate to go in the top five. We could see him surprisingly go number two or number three, you know, something like that. So it's not it's well, not crazy to the think bi- there. You know, being that he worked, he played at Georgia and Jacksonville is right around the corner. And, you know, there's a little bit of that like location bias, yep. you know, and I think everybody wants to see Aiden Hutchinson play at Michigan since he or in Detroit since he played at Michigan. So but yep. I, I think it's going to be Hutchinson Walker. All right. So you're going Hutchinson Walker. Um, I think it's Hutchinson Thibodeau. Uh, if I'm the Texans third pick, uh, I've said this a lot, you know, as we as we've gone over the the mock drafts. Um, if I'm number three, I'm looking at the Texans. I just lost Justin Reed, who's coming off a career year signed with the Chiefs. That's an instant safety replacement. And there just happens to be one of the best safety prospects in NFL history sitting there uh, and somehow slipping you know, in mock drafts and, and, you know, how people are saying, I don't understand it. I'm looking at three. I'm the Houston Texans. I, I take Kyle Hamilton without, you know, blinking an eye and I'm happy with getting what I believe is a for sure, you know, top five safety in the next couple of years as he, you know, enters the league. I, I don't disagree. I don't hate the pick. The problem with Houston is there's so many openings, you know, yeah. it's where is the biggest need? And again, if, my whole premise with Jacksonville was that they don't rush. They're a top two worst teams about rushing the passer. Well, the other top two worst team in rushing the passer is Houston, mm. right? Which is why everybody has edge rushers going one, two, three for the most part. I mean, they also need an offensive lineman. They also need a safety. They also need wide receiver help. I mean, they have so many needs it's out of control, right? Yeah. But I would put Thibodeau here. Like, this is where I think, you know, you go get the next Jadavian Clowney type you know, a speed guy, a guy with a high ceiling, maybe yep. a chip on his shoulder that he went three and not one or two. And, and I would probably put, I, I'd probably pull the trigger on Thibodeau here. All right. So you have the Texans taking Thibodeau at three. I already had him gone. Uh, we'll move to the Jets with picks four and 10. So you get a little interesting, definitely a trade down scenario for the Jets if they want to nah, do something. I don't think so. Um, I think they're going to take these picks. Yeah. And they definitely could, but. Uh, we're not, we're not going to work with trades here. We're going to, we're just going to go for it at four. Look, the jets need, you know, secondary help for sure. But I think they can address that with the 10th pick, um, at four, I'm, I'm probably just going best player available at this point. You know, Evan Neal's probably got to go up there somewhere. Um, so, so I definitely, you know, could see, could see him going. They, they definitely are, are have question marks to tackle still. Uh, but you know, another big thing for the Jets, you know, they're up there in the pass rushing and linebacker need. Uh, so so I think at this point uh, they would go Trayvon Walker. I would say Trayvon Walker goes four here uh, to the Jets. Okay. Probably would be and that's the what fourth I would pick if he, if he dropped that far. Yeah. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm waffling here. Right. So part of me says, you know, you got to replace Marcus May. And that's obviously Kyle Hamilton. So that makes a lot of sense there. Yeah, I would think I would say that if if Kyle Hamilton gets to four, it's just, you know, it's it's something that I just can't see them passing up on on, especially what the Jets need right now. And, and, you know, at safety in the corner position. 
the the only reason that I even hesitate is, you know, we, we, and we've been talking about this forever, is do the Jets have enough at wide receiver to give Zach Wilson the weapons he needs to be successful, right? Yep. Corey Davis was a little bit of a bust. Braxton Berrios is a slot guy. You know, uh, Elijah Moore was phenomenal if he could stay healthy. And Desmond Mins has been a total disaster, right? So do you kind of look at a Garrett Wilson or a Alave or somebody like that down here? I, you know, I kind of went back and forth, but I am going to go with Kyle Hamilton. I think he's too surefire. They, they need to sure up the back end of that secondary. So uh, and they need both corner and safety help. So I agree with you. I think you could get the corner at 10. So I'll go with Kyle Hamilton here at four. Yeah, I think that would be an excellent pick uh, for the Jets there if he gets there. Uh, the Giants, you know, they usually screw this up when they have top picks. They have five and seven this year. I'm going to try to not screw it up for them. Uh, and I'm going to try to uh, to pick something that they desperately need. And that's definitely just just defense, man. They, you know, offense, they've invested so much financially in offense, you know, in free agency. You know, we know it's a mess, but there's nothing there's nothing that they can do to to make it any better. You're going to draft a wide receiver. They already have four. They drafted one in the in the first round last year. You know, offensive line. I feel like they draft an offensive lineman every year. And if it doesn't, they work, don't get it right. If they if it stop if if it doesn't ever work out, stop drafting offensive linemen. You're just never going to get it right. So I'm going to go defense for them. Help them out a little bit. Uh, they need everything right now. James Bradboard Bradbury's you know a release candidate. Don't know if he'll be on the team next year. So they could go you know, corner here. But again, I've said that Gardner and Stingley, I just am not going to go, you know, I just don't think they're top five picks. So if we're looking at defense right now, you know, I, I'm, I'm looking at a couple guys that can really, uh, you know, work at linebacker slash, you know, defensive end for them. Um, and a guy that has been really moving up high uh, over the last couple of weeks that I think is a, it, it would pain me because I think it's a, you know, a good pick as a Giants. But if I'm the Giants right now, I'm looking at Devin Lloyd, at linebacker, and I think he has moved up a lot in the last couple of weeks, you know, as as some of these other guys, you know, kind of slide down these these offensive tackles that we thought were going really high, they're slide down, and, and I think he's going to be valued a lot. I think Devin Lloyd um, is the pick at five for the Giants. Oh, that's a reach. I, I Look, I like Devin Lloyd. He's a really big, good linebacker. They can, hey, and then you come right back at, at seven, and then you can justify your, your corner pick. That's what I'll do. Well, I'm not going corner here. At number five, I'm picking – like, I, I totally disagree with you. Yes, they have failed with the Andrew Thomases of the world in terms of their, you know, picking, you know, line. Right. I mean, they, they just – is a disaster. It is. It's awful. But look, at this point, they have failed so many times. I'm looking at it and going, all right, screw this. Let's go defense no. and try to build this defense because it's obviously not working. No, I'm getting a big, big boy to, to, to get on the line. I'm getting somebody who can anchor the right side of the line if Andrew Thomas is going to be your left tackle. And I'm going to take Evan Neal out of Alabama. All right, like so you're you taking six, Neal there. seven, 330-pound athletic right tackle. I love him, yeah. Against, against a Chase Young, a Demarcus Lawrence. <laughs> I mean, you're talking about the NFC East who is going to demolish Daniel Jones. I mean, you're going to give this guy, Daniel Jones, any chance to be a stand-up quarterback who can make it through the season? Right. I mean, you got to invest in the offensive line. And I think that skipping over Evan Neal right here would be ridiculous. You're a better you're a better GM than I am by uh, by not going against your your terrible draft history. But 
Well, I'm um, the new GM, so I didn't have the bad history. All right, that's fine. All right, Carolina now. Um, everyone has them taking a quarterback here. Um, look, I'm just saying this right now. Uh, it's just, it's just once again, like they have Sam Darnold. Mm-hmm. Do I like Sam Darnold? I think Sam Darnold's great. No, but am I looking at possibly even taking a quarterback here? You know, t- t- you know, looking at at Willis, or we know they've been in love with Kenny Pickett at six. It's just not worth it right now. The, again, a team that has so many needs, they need defense. You know, the offensive line has been atrocious there. You know, they, they are trying to keep McCaffrey there and build around him. So I'm looking at Evan Neal at number six. And if he gets to number six, that is the position that Carolina needs to go because, you know, th- them them wasting their pick on a quarterback, especially in a year where their head coach is on the fence right now, um, that that is just not the smartest decision to take a quarterback. And like you said before, no quarterback in this draft is probably a starter by day one. Uh, and, and it just it just wouldn't make sense. So I don't buy the quarterback there. They go Evan Neal and and we make a, you know, a smart choice at offensive tackle. So we said no trades, but but I am going to preface this. I wouldn't pick Kenny Pickett here. I think Kenny Pickett's a nice quarterback. I think he's a, a little bit of a project. He could be a great backup quarterback and, and be developed. But to pick six means you're putting him on the field day one. Yep. And I don't think that that's a massive upgrade over Sam Darnold, right? Plus I, the fact you still have you still have Baker. You still have, uh, what's his name, Garoppolo. You know, there's still potential for, you know, those two guys to, to get to Carolina. So I think something like that's going to happen, candidly. I think they should use a pick on on a player. And here, I would pick Charles Cross. Man, that guy on Mississippi State, the offensive lineman, is a monstrosity, right? I would absolutely be looking at him to anchor that line. That line is definitely a problem. They got to get back to running the football. They got to be able to, to, to pass block. But this is a 6'5", 310-pound guy who is extremely athletic. And and I this is the guy I would be picking. All right, so you're taking Cross there. Um, now we come back to the Giants, who have seven as well. And this is where I take the corner. You know, they they, they have to get one of Stingley or Stingley or uh, or, or Gardner. Like they 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 have to get one of them. Uh, yeah. I like Gardner better. Um, I think Stingley is is people are still high on him because he was such a great uh, high school recruit. Uh, he was dominant in in college. Well, I'm not saying that he shouldn't be you know one of the top corners off the board, but Gardner and his, you know, the the insane statistical kind of achievements that he had in college just can't go unnoticed, and he deserves to be the number one guy off the board here, and I'm taking him at seven. Uh, uh, 1,000% agree. And I honestly How do you think, pass up a 6'3", 200-pound corner who blankets you? I yeah, mean, this I, I is think the that, next Dion. You know? I think that this pick at number seven specifically for the Giants I think you could whatever the odds right now lock um you know Sauce Gardner at number seven of the Giants because the way the bar the board falls it just it just works every time I think yeah unless the Jets move up to get him in front of them you know now there, there could we be can... a trade for somebody to get Gardner in front at six with maybe Carolina you know does trade back but if that pick goes as the way it is and the Giants pick anybody but Sauce Gardner I will be laughing my ass off. Yeah. No, I agree. Uh, and then at you have Sauce Gardner as well, I would assume. All right. So we're rolling with, with Gardner at seven. Uh, we got the the Atlanta Falcons 
Okay. Almost. So before we even jump in the Atlanta Falcons, if this isn't a wide receiver, then every <laughs> ticket holder we, should ask for their money back. Do we see the first wide receiver off the board? Or do 100%. they go percent? Or do they go for a guy that throws to the wide receivers, which would be a quarterback, no. which they currently don't really have one, you know, on the roster except Marcus Mariota, which Sure, that's Atlanta's fine if they want to suck roll with again him. this year, and they'll be able to get C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young next year. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Um, I think it needs to be wide receiver, especially the one that I've just been looking at. You know, all you know, all off season waiting for him to be drafted. Um, it, it's just too, you know, it's 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 too good of a prospect to to you know pass up when your 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 wide receiver core right now is. The worst. I mean, the the 32nd out of 32nd wide receiver core in the entire National Football League. You need to make a splash. You need a top 10 guy. You need a guy who is, you know, his floor, I think, is so, so just, you know, I think it's so high. The floor for this guy, for Drake London, the wide receiver out of USC, he's my favorite wide receiver. He's my number one on my board. And if I'm the Falcons right now, I go uh, Drake London at at number eight. So I've been back. So I. Love the pick. Love the fact that it's a wide receiver. It, it's going to be Drake London or Garrett Wilson. And, and you can flip-flop yeah. back and forth. I like London's size. I like Wilson's speed. You know, so it's kind of like, well, what do you need more? I think with Kyle Pitts, you know, and the kind of receivers that they do have with Patterson and, and Zacharias and all that, you know, that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. I, I would go for the speed more than the big guy. I think they need someone to blow the top off and, and it's some downhill threat, especially with Ridley, you know, out. So yep. I, I would actually choose Garrett Wilson here over London only because of the need, I think, of the team. Yeah, and it's not bad. You know, Wilson's I, I, I like as well. He's he's a good wide receiver, but when you look yep. at the you know, the similarities, you know, and we, we we keep going back to to how similar he is to Mike Evans and looking at Mike Evans, you know, career path and and how just the similar the two players are. I just don't know how you can, you know, pass up on the on the next, you know, great, you know, jump ball wide receiver, you know, doesn't have insane speed, but is a deep threat. You know, look at how he how Mike Evans, you know, burn pass high point burn pass, you know, Jalen Ramsey in that playoff game like. They're they're very similar players, and and when I see an, when you see another one of you know a clone basically of, of one of the greats in the league right now, I think you you go ahead and take that. So, yes, and to, the sad part is that is if Jamison Williams didn't blow his knee out in the championship game, this would have been where he went. Yeah, I think he would have been. The it definitely it definitely may have, may have been, but uh, I guess we'll never know now since he did. But he'll no, he'll go later in this round, I'm sure. Uh, then we have Seattle at at nine here. Uh, this is here's one again. We go in a lot of different directions. This this can go a little you know everywhere. Look, I'm I'm I have a favorite quarterback. You know his his name is Matt Corral. I think that he you know is is still a top. I I think he's now number two. You know with Malik Willis coming you know to his pro day and showing off. You know it's no doubt the dude has the raw skills, but he's gonna need a year. Then I think you know if he could go. He could go eight to uh, to to the Falcons and let him sit a year. I think Seattle's in a position right now where they just sold their future. They know that they're going to you know be pretty bad. And look, they got Drew Locke. Give him a year with Malik Willis behind him. I don't think that's the worst thing in the world. You know, if 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 Locke continues to be bad, Willis is popped in there midseason. You see what he does. You know, and if Locke turns out to be good, you know, Willis 
could could take a, a whole year, you know, and, and just sit him down, show him the ways of, you know, the NFL and and maybe, you know, capitalize on Locke's uh, his value next year and, and maybe move him somewhere else. So I think it could be a really good scenario for Malik Willis. Um, you know, I'm, I'm looking at that and 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 I'm going to make a splash. I'll take Willis at, at nine and, and there actually will be a top 10 quarterback picked um, this year. I get what you're saying, and and it makes complete sense. I just don't think that's what they're going to do, and and it's not what I would do. So it, I'm looking at it more from the perspective again. If it, if he drops to ten, you have a all American offensive left tackle in you know Aquanu from North Carolina State, yep. another massive human being at six four three ten, right? Who gave up three sacks all his career. Right? Like the guy is just a machine and a monster to get around. Right? They are been Dwayne Brown is a hundred million years old. He probably won't even be re-signed. Right. At some point you have to start turning over this offensive line, which has been a disaster in Seattle for years. Yeah. Right. You have Rashard Penny, who is could be a top five running back if he just had a decent yeah. line. If he can if he can stay healthy also. And if he can stay healthy, we saw what he could if, do. If he's healthy, the line gets better. Then you have Drew Locke, who's going to be throwing to Lockett and you know Metcalf and the likes. I, I'm I'm I would actually I would definitely be taking the offensive lineman here. All right, so you're taking a Kung Wu at number nine. There, uh, it's definitely something they got to improve. But you know they they could definitely go for a splash. It's kind of unknown what's going on in Seattle now. But the yep. Jets at number ten, we come back around. I think it's almost an an a you know. Unless they do go tackle and they really do think that's a need at four, you know, I think it's going to be a defensive pick, whoever it is. I had it being Trayvon Walker. Um, and I think they come back 10 and a, a big need is is getting, you know, a big time wide receiver. You know, you, you're in love over there with uh, uh, with 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 your guy down in or in in New Jersey or in New York. And that's that's fine. But I think Garrett Wilson is is the guy that they've been linked with. Uh, a lot this offseason. I think that he can definitely be the splash piece there to complement some of the other guys they have, but I uh, I think they go Wilson at 10. And guess what? We're doing the exact flip-flop. You know, you gave Drake London to Atlanta, and I took Wilson there, and now you're taking Wilson, or you're taking, uh, yeah, Wilson with the Jets. I'll take Drake London. So, you know, Either way, we're, we're, we're both getting the two top wide receivers in the spots where the teams need them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's, neither, one, that's neither one will be disappointed with the guy they choose. Yeah. And I apologize, but I was blanking on uh, Mr. Elijah Moore's name there because oh, I, I was Elijah signaling. Moore. I love Elijah guy. Moore, but I hate Denzel Mims. <sighs> I think Braxton Berrios is a gadget guy, you know, and I no, they need a number one right now. They, they, they need they a do. number one. That's that's the or, that's where I would or go. Or Elijah Moore is going to be the one and he's got a one A, you know, but he, mm. they need somebody on the other side who, who can, you know, yeah, give them sure. another option. Uh, then we go Washington at 11. Washington's another team where, I mean, it just seems like they've had too many, you know, besides Chase Young there, who I think, you know, was the ultimate number one pick. But, you know, they, they've just been kind of going through the motions. You know, they, they've had some they had a decent team, you know, maybe the last yeah. two years, but they've, they've had no quarterback. They've had no, uh, you know, they've had nothing really stable uh, in, in forever. And, and you look at the quarterback, you know, if Willis is off the board at 11, are they going to take a chance on Pickett, Corral, Ritter, Howell? 
I, what? I, you got your I boy wouldn't. there. Your, your favorite quarterback in the league is now playing in Washington. I know. I mean, I, how could you possibly pick another quarterback? Right. I mean, they got Wentz there. I mean, you just actually you just remind me Wentz actually plays there now. That's how much I you know disregard his existence is that I didn't even know he was on the team, and the fact that their biggest need, uh, you know, thanks to PFF here. Is is that uh, it's still quarterback? So that should tell you everything you know need to know about uh, Wentz there. Uh, but yeah, I think it's a huge need. But fine, you want to go with Wentz? That's fine with me. Uh, you know, work on work on some other needs that you need there. They definitely need some offensive linemen. Um, and I'm sitting here uh, with Cross and a Kung Wu still on the board. And I think a Kung Wu is better. I'll go Kung Wu at eleven and get a get another offensive lineman. If they if they drop that far, that that will probably be the pick. But I have all of my top four linemen off the board, so I'm going to go with what I think is the other biggest need for Washington right now, especially playing in the NFC East, and that is they need a corner. Their corners were gross when we were at the Washington Cowboy game. We were roasting their corners like all day long. This yeah. is Derek Stingley written all over it. He's the number two cornerback on this board he should be coming off right here in my opinion because it is a blaring need for Washington going up against a lot of really good wide receivers in in the NFC East yeah I mean there uh there's definitely there, there's just a lot of needs for Washington they're just such they're just such in a mediocre to bad state right now they're gonna have to it's probably gonna take a couple drafts you know and this isn't gonna be a a one pick kind no. of thing they gotta no. they gotta Go through the motions can you know for another couple of years to to get it right there. Then you have Minnesota, who had a incredible disappointing season uh, at twelve. Uh, th- they need they need a Everybody. lot of uh, little parts. Uh, you know they have a great offense in their in their specialty guys, but they need some offensive line help. Uh, and then defensively, they just they, they just didn't improve in terms of their you know secondary. You know the 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 signing of. Patrick Peterson was fine, I guess, but he's not even close to the player he was. And I'm looking at at, at Stingley here, um, and he's the second quarter cornerback. And and you know, there's two that are probably going to go are going to go in the first round, and it's going to be Stingley and and uh, Sauce Gardner there. And Sauce is gone, so I'll take Stingley at at twelve to the uh, to the Vikings. Hmm. Okay, I I think it's going to be a little different. Yes, they definitely need secondary help. I don't know that I would pick Trent McDuffie here or, you know, maybe some of the other corners, that, you know, that are you know, Andrew Booth from Clemson. Like, I, I don't know. I just I'm not that enthralled with those guys to be this high. I think where I would go here at 11 is I would go or sorry, at, at pick number 12. I would go with Jermaine Johnson out of Florida State. I love this guy. He his his season was ridiculous. Right. Yeah. I mean, he looks like a Montez Sweat kind of guy. Like he's he's a big boy. He is really fast. He led the whole uh, ACC in, in tackles for losses and sacks last year. I mean, just think about it coming for, you know, in the ACC where usually you have Clemson and, and, you know, Virginia Tech and some really good defenses. But I, I really like this Jermaine Johnson guy. I think he is one of those guys with the, the high ceiling. That you know, if the right coach will get a lot out of him, he's a six-five, two-fifty-four guy. I, I, I really like him. I, I think this would be a big play from Minnesota, who desperately needs to put pressure on the quarterback, especially the guy in Green Bay. 
All right. So you're helping the defensive ends uh, there in in Minnesota. I'm I'm kind of helping out the uh, the offensive line there or the the yeah. corner position there. So. Uh, we're both helping out the defense. That's where they got to go. They might have to have a Dallas draft from last year where they go, you know, seven defensive players. Yeah. I think that's definitely the the uh, kind of need that they need. Uh, then we have the Texans back up at 13. I had them taking Kyle Hamilton with the third pick. Uh, you had them taking Thibodeau as he fell to the third pick for you. Uh, and now you come back. The Texans are another team. They need every need. They, have every, they need every position. Uh, there's a bunch of players on the board. Do they, you know, go offensive line? Uh, you know, cross is still there for me and, and it's kind of a best player scenario, uh, in terms of at 13 with needing every position and, you know, tackles definitely still a big need. They have Tunsil there, but you know, his, his big deal is kind of coming to an end, uh, over the next couple seasons. And I think cross is, is definitely, uh, you know, at, at 13, a, a good value pick. He'll, he'll be past his, you know, uh, rate rating, I would assume at, at 13, and I would go Charles Cross at 13. Well, since you went with Hamilton in the first round and basically highlighted how important the safety position need is with Justin Reed gone, I'm going to go with the next best safety on the board, and that's Daxton Hill out of Michigan. Mm. This is an elite athlete, five-star speed, you know, six-foot guy, gets in the box and tackles. You know, he, he's a, a little bit, he's not like an interception ball hawk, but he's a pass breakup hawk. Yeah. Like, I, I just like him. I think it's a tremendous need. I, I'll take Daxton Hill uh, out of Michigan. All right. So you go Daxton Hill there. Um, I'm at, at 14 uh, with the Ravens, three picks left on on this first part of our, our mock draft. Uh, I, I, have an, I, have a, I have a bad feeling that the Ravens are going to do something that's going to kill me as a Cowboys fan. It's just going to put a dagger in my chest. When they take this man at fourteen, uh, they need I a think Calais. We have the same pick. I think they, we have the same they need pick. a Calais Campbell. You know, uh, they He's they need six years old. They man. need the replacement, and what better yeah. to take the replacement than when you see the better version of him and and all these you know big nose tackles. Uh, well, the and younger version, I wouldn't right. say the better version. Right, but I'm saying you know yeah. That's, you know, I meant younger meaning better since yes. he's going to be in his prime and, and Calais Campbell's not. Uh, and I would look at Jordan Davis and I'd see him at 14 and go, you know, th- this Ravens team needs to get back to its identity. They stop the run and they run the ball. And Jordan Jordan Davis is is going to be a great player in this league for, for you know, his his roles on, on first and second down and, and just being the type of player that simply allows or makes your defense you know, unrunnable on. And I think that is huge in, you know, a day and age where we see teams lose because they can simply not stop the run to save their lives. And yeah. the Charger fans are probably going to be equally as mad at that pick if, if that happens by the Ravens. But it's something the Ravens would definitely do. I 100% have the same pick. Yeah. Like, I love Jordan Davis in the spot. I think you're absolutely right. They have got to get younger. Calais Campbell is going to be 36, 37. I mean, it's still a just an unbelievable story. But this is where you go and you get the next big, you know, big body in the middle. And I think he, that plugs a, a big hole for the future. Yep. I think that uh, Mr. Jordan there is is a solid pick at, at 14. But the Eagles now have 15 and 18. So we'll get to their first pick on this episode. Uh, we'll get... Uh, you know, the, the Eagles right now, again, in that kind of mediocre state, had a 
better, you know, season than some people imagine. <laughs> you know, me, me over here. <laughs> Didn't think they'd win a game. But, look, they, they are, the Eagles are right now are, are just in such a weird spot uh, where are they, they're not even the best in their division, uh, but they're not the worst in, in the conference. Uh, it, it's just a, it's kind of a weird 500 kind of team right now. So they're, they're gonna, you know, kind of keep trying to gear up that defense. Um, you know, the offense right now is going to be what it's going to be with Jalen hurts. I don't think he can take them any higher than he already has, which hasn't said a lot. Uh, but defensively I'm looking at two guys. I'm looking at Nicobe Dean, the linebacker out of Georgia, and I'm looking at uh, George Karloftis, the edge out of Purdue, both, you know, two of my favorite players. I think Karloftis, though, is a guy that's grown on me in the last couple, you know, weeks. He's definitely a, a you know, they call him, what, they call him the Greek freak, I think, on the... Uh, no, the, 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 it's not the Greek freak, but it's the Greek something. Like yeah, the, the, the Greek the Greek beast, you know, whatever. Can't steal Giannis's name, but right. this, dude's, this dude's a player, and, um, you know... He has definitely shown some stuff that he can he, he can be the, the third or fourth, you know, edge off the board in this draft. And and I'm gonna take him at, at fifteen for the Eagles. Yeah, he, he's definitely an option. Um again, playing in the NFC East, one of the things you can't have enough of right now is corners. And, and I, I just don't love uh the secondary for the Eagles. So I would say, you know, go out here. This is where I would go get Trent McDuffie, you know, out of Washington. He Reminds me a little bit of like Zaire Alexander or Tyron Matthew. Like he, he's just, he's a little juggernaut. He's got a little attitude. He's a little feisty. Um, I, I think this is where they have to go. They, they've definitely, I mean, with McDuffie, I mean, you're, you're getting a pretty tough guy. He's like 5'11", 200 pounds. You know, I, I think that that's, uh, you know, I'd like him to be a little bit taller, but at the same token, he, he plays with a little bit of a, a nastiness to him. So. I would go with the corner, and, and that that's where I think the Eagles should land. All right, so you go corner there for the Eagles. Let's get that down to the last pick in this part one. This is 16 in the first round. Belongs to the New Orleans Saints. Yeah. And look, we established this before. Uh, this is who we, we would take, you know, not who exactly is going to take. Look, this, is, this ain't going to happen because I know that he's not as high on anyone else's board that he is on mine. But the New Orleans Saints need one position most, and it's a quarterback. They cannot go into next season with Ian Book as their quarterback. And Jameis. you know, Jameis Winston is just—he's—he's not—he's not, not going to do it. So, look, I'm—I'm I'm looking here at the Saints. I look at you know if this player was able to achieve the highest ceiling of his ability, I think that he plays a lot like the former Saint in Drew Brees. Now, I'm not saying that he is Drew Brees at all. He has a lot of work to do. He is. Drew Brees with, you know, advanced or I should say better athletic ability to where he can scramble out of the pocket and make plays. I'm just very high on Matt Corral. Um, and I think I, I truly think he's the second best quarterback in the draft. He's not going to be the second quarterback off the board. And this may this may as well be a Kenny Pickett uh, selection, but I'm taking Corral at 16 if I'm the Saints. I think you get a player who you can sit behind Jameis, but I think ultimately becomes a good starting quarterback um, in the NFL. Hmm. I'm, I, I'm just not high enough on these quarterbacks to take them anywhere near this. I I think these quarterbacks are are late, late first round, early second round quarterbacks. So yeah, it's and really they, hard they, for me to, to right? do this. 
right? So again, I probably would run with Jameis and, and, and listen, I mean, he started off the year before he got hurt and he actually looked pretty damn good. I think he's getting a little bit more mature. You know, I think where the Saints have a problem is they have, it, it's all Kamara, right? Yep. I mean, Michael Thomas was out all year, right? You're hoping Should be he back comes this back, year, hopefully. Right? He'll be back. He seems to be back better. Like he, he, he didn't like Sean Payton. He likes the new guys. So that should be back to normal. Traquan Smith is a good player. Uh, but then after that, it falls off dramatically. Like Deontay Harris is, is your speed guy, but he's a better punt returner than a wide receiver. You're going to put uh, your gadget guy. Uh, what's his name? Uh, they want to play quarterback. Uh, why am I blanking? The big dude. You're going to put him at tight end. Um, Taysom Hill. Yeah. Right. But you don't have anybody else like you need another wide receiver. You give Jameis somebody to throw the ball to. And right. so right now, in that case, I would be picking Chris Olave here. Like, give me wow. a top speed, you know, good route runner, good hands, productive. Like, give me a guy who could go out and get me 80 catches. You know, I'll, I'll take Olave here because I think the Saints need more weapons. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are are low on Olave. And I'm not sure why he 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 put up. Just as good numbers as Garrett Wilson on yep. the same, you know, on the same team. He's he's a he's a very good player, and I think a lot of people don't give him credit. And it's something that the Saints can can definitely do. They can go with Jameis for this year and say, "Are we going to be great? Are we going to be are we going to be terrible? Probably not. But are we going to be this you know a top team in the NFC? No. But Jameis can get us to a, a wild card spot for sure in the NFC. Yep. So it's definitely something that can happen. But I'm looking at Corral, and I'm you know. I just, I just think a quarterback is something that they need to start investing into now because they haven't known what not having a star quarterback, you know, feels sure. like in in you know decades. So, well, and the good news for the Saints is they have the 19th pick and three more picks, so we yeah. might be talking about it. They, just there. they definitely could get somewhere, someone later. Maybe they even pick Corral, you know, in the second round, you know, if, if that comes to it. So, mm-hmm. uh, we will uh, we'll continue this. We'll we'll stop there and we'll come back with the bottom 16 picks in the first round uh, on. Next week's Tuesday's episode. episode, yeah, on Tuesday's right episode, where the real draft happens. And yeah, then and then we'll kind of look at each other and mark who did better. Yeah, we'll see. You know who's the better GM mind, which you know you have the crown right now. But I'll crown. I'll be looking to take it. So uh, we'll be back Come Tuesday again. episode. We'll finish the mock draft. We'll have an update on NBA playoffs, and uh, we'll see everyone there. Can't wait.